Game week eight is over, and we're, again, another international break, unfortunately. Um, the end of FPL for a couple of weeks, which is sad, very sad, because, you know, I've had a couple of green arrows, so I felt like I've been on a good run. Um, so, yeah, 58 points for me in the end. Uh, and, yeah, how did you guys get on? I'll go through, in de- we can go through in detail in a sec. Um, yeah, I guess for me. Back on the green arrow after shambolic minus eight last week, or converted to a minus ten. Uh, mentioned on the pod that I was my finger was holding over the trigger for a wild card, but just never pulled it, and I stayed strong and just uh, got fifty six points, doubled up on Spurs, and took out Estupinian for Pedro Porro, and so I'll take that. Um, the only downside, I guess, was captaining Holland, which we will definitely get into later in the pod. But yeah, fifty six points, can't really complain. I guess the uh, the one that I least expected to bang was Gabrielle with a uh, minus eight. So I'll take that. What about you, Thomas? Yeah, mine wasn't as good of a week. I did Captain Ireland. Um, so I am in the party pooper group of the week. <laughs> um, but I had other guys that kind of saved me and just kept me above water. I think I was two off the safety. I finished with 46 points. Um, my transfer was Eze to Charleston because I had the exact cash. And it was actually... I mean, considering the first half, it could have been a very, very good option. Um, but Basuma somewhat ruined that, uh, getting a red card and Charleston being the one that was subbed. So I am keeping him. He's hopefully going to be playing next week. And then after that, it's, it's debatable. But uh, he should be good for next week, especially coming off at half. I'm sure he'll get the start. Um, but I had weird guys like Pickford and Jackson who got me points, which was massive. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, Pickford getting, getting the big points was uh, well overdue for owners. I mean, I got rid this week. So as I said, yeah, 58 points. And I played Turner over Ariola, So that was actually a really, really big boost in the end. Um, so that was plus five points, which is huge. Pedro Porro, who I got instead of a dogey, missed. He got, again, he was brilliant. Like He had got himself into just ridiculous positions. Missed a one-on-one, which is annoying because I just feel like soon people are going to catch on to him and I just hope he explodes before people really move over to Pedro Porro because um, I think he's going to get a big haul soon. Um, and yeah, Trippier always, what a man, like got an assist, two bonus, even if he doesn't get a clean sheet, he's just always in the bonus. And yeah, I think in the end, I think one of my biggest decisions was captaincy. Like I, in the last pod, I was really, really mulling over whether I wanted to do Salah, Madison or Son. And in the end, I went for the middle man with Salah, with Madison, six points over, over Son's three and then Salah's big, big haul, obviously, but I mean, I went for Madison in the end because he was a 90-minute man, but that obviously, as football goes, red cards, they had to sub him off early. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll take the six points over Song, but yeah, that Salah, Salah missed Hall is annoying, but that's that's the game. Yeah, um, Salah was tough. I think I said on the last pod, which we didn't we did not upload in time, um, but that. Salah's kind of due a fifth. Oh, I said a seventeen point or something. I said, but you know, fifteen points is pretty good. I'm a bit annoyed. I'm, I was hoping Brighton could kind of keep it at bay, and when they went up one nil, um, I thought they might be able to, you know, keep him at something, something small. 
Um, but, you know, Salah over this period is going to do very well, I think. Um, and most people kind of should be rushing him in. And if they're not, I think they're in trouble. Um, he's definitely a captain obviously option against Everton, even though Everton have kind of found some new form. Um, I think there's still lots of, I mean, we talked about this before, lots before, but Mikolenko is not very good. Um, I think Salah will burn him, as me and Tom were saying, I think, yesterday. Um, and yeah, so Salah's definitely an option that should be in most teams. I think he's much, much more important than Son is. Um, I think Haaland and Salah's kind of where you need to be, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I said last week that I thought it was a fun week for Darwin and and uh, Diaz. Turned out not even like, but of course the big dog that gets the points, even though we knew the other the other two were uh, were nailed to start. So it just goes to show you, you've got to pick. That's where that's where that price comes in. It's like sometimes you can be cute to try and go with Darwin or or Diaz, but at the end of the day, Salah's the FPL goat, and that's why he's the goat. Um, yes, I think, and now moving forward as well, Darwin isn't nailed, Diaz isn't near nailed because obviously Gakpo and and uh, Jota are back, which will make things very difficult, especially with this international break where both of the South American boys are very unlikely to start and return because they've just got very, very tough games away in the high altitude of South America. So I think we've seen Klopp bench them often when they come back. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's it's. Well, what what are your thoughts with Salah Thomas as a non-owner? Because you know, is he is he a wild card to try and force a way back in, or can you do it without that? Yeah, I think a wild card is very justified for myself. Um, I think, like you were saying, with guys like Poro and Udogi, I think there's certain people I'd like to switch. Um, I think it's time for me to kind of move on from my keepers. Um, Stupid Andy Dogi, Kabore could all go. Foden, Rashford, Richarlison, even maybe Saka if he's not fit by the time the end of the international breaks back, um, could go. Jackson could go. So and Alvarez even debatably. Um, I probably wouldn't, but so I, I could definitely do it. But if I want to do it, I really have to do it right now. Try and get on the early price rises and all that. Um, but I already missed out on one or two days. I think Hodgley went up, who I'd be very interested in. Um, and yeah, Salah, obviously, who I'd expect will go up this week, but it is difficult for people to get into him if they don't wildcard. So, and as we know, wildcards don't actually matter to price changes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you're going to wildcard, it's better to do if, or if you know you're going to wildcard, it's better to do it sooner rather than later um, to try and get on top of price rises, especially if you can somehow manipulate it so that you can bring in players that you think are going to go up to and then you just gain one, like 0.1 and then you sell them on. Uh, but obviously that takes a lot of sort of uh, research on price rises to get that right. Um, but yeah, outside of that, yeah, I think, I think yeah, if, if you are on a wild card, I definitely do actually like the Poro over Adogi, even if you have value in it. Just as a slight differential and his numbers are just so much better. Uh, and he picks up way, way better attacking positions on uh, for, for Spurs. So yeah, I think he's a really, really good option. Um, no, no Spurs for I mean no Europe for Spurs it just means like you you can have full faith in both the wing backs starting every week mostly, mm-hmm. um, and so and they're already at the cup so this is just going to be it's going to be full out league every single week um, and Poro is the best player in that setup and so is Adogi. I think it yeah. is very justified to double up. I think PSU you doubled up didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I've doubled up on Spurs, um, and I've also doubled up on Newcastle, which is actually going against everything in my in my being. 
to uh to keep going because I, I like having the versatility and not overloading on certain players, especially in defense, because one goal just absolutely swings your uh your entire game week. Well can you hear me? But yeah, it's just it's it's tough having that. Cause say for example, like Spurs letting a goal is just one point, one point, if that for Paro and Udogi, and then same thing happens with Newcastle with Sharon and Pope and my team. So hopefully hopefully something they can stay strong for after the international break and nothing happens because I'm actually now that I've held up on the wild card, I'm actually very happy with the way my team is shaping out to be. It's just the one that's iffy now is Darwin since we know he's not really going to start. And then everyone else is kind of kind of shaping up to be in a, in a good position for the coming weeks after the break. Well, I've got an interesting sort of look at this. So obviously the Madison song double up right now is very feasible. They've both got really, good, obviously the same team. So they've got really good fixtures uh, Fulham at home, Palace away, but they kind of turn a little bit after that. Would you would you still keep that double up with Madison and Son? Because I'm I'm very concerned about Son long term because his minutes have just been really really bad. Like he gets subbed off at sixty sort of regularly, and it does just seem like uh, whatever injuries he's held on to just hasn't he just really hasn't recovered from. And you can sort of see that in his games as well, where he's not really really pushing himself in games. Uh, he's sort of keeping out out of possession often and just trying to find uh space in the box like i mean i guess long term would you guys keep him or madison i probably probably just keep madison because of the point because of the price honestly yeah and also the way he's just been performing like he's been their best player no doubt but i think you'd probably be smart to hold both of them until game week 11 if that or yeah, like give them two runs after the international break, and then they face Chelsea, then Wolves, then Villa, then City, which is an okay run. But if they're not performing at their price levels, and you've got better options available, I think it would be fine to do the switch. That's just that's my personal take. I don't know what you guys think. I just think the thing that kind of weird with that is that obviously when the fixtures turn, I think that's when that suits Son again. Where I think against weaker teams like Fulham. And Luton, it was. I think that suits Madison with when it's a deeper block and he's expected to do way more of a sort of leg work in the field and getting shots on and creating. Whereas in the big games, as we saw against Liverpool and as we saw against, um, which was the other one? Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal, yeah. We saw Son was absolutely explosive in those games and gotten behind so many times. So I think it's just going to be really, really tough to sell one of them because. It's just like when they play an easy team, you want Madison. When they play a harder team, you want Son. Even if he's not getting 90 minutes, he just seems to always get so many chances. So, yeah, obviously I want to sell one because there's other guys who I want to bring in for that kind of money. Like I'll talk about him in a second, but I think Trent is a really, really good option going forward. Uh, And I think in order to afford Trent, I'm going to have to sell one of them. Um, So, yeah, I'm not really sure. I go, obviously, I'm going to need a couple of weeks more of information to figure that one out. Because I guess as well, when Brennan Johnson's back, when um, when everyone else is fit, who's the other one? Manuel Solomon, he's out for a while. But I guess when Brennan Johnson's fit, we'll see how he fits in and if that changes Son's role. But could, maybe that could make him less of an option. Yeah, I, I've managed to evade Son. And if I wildcarded this week, I think I'd evade him too. Um, for price reasons, mostly. Um, but I do think for Charleston's weirdly a very um, low-key option at the moment again. Um, it might be dangerous like it was this week. 
because uh, he is definitely replaceable. But then, like you said, people are coming back into the team. But uh, well, like we were talking at the start of the year, I don't think much has changed. Where Ange still thinks he's a good player when he's on his game. Um, and he's been better in the past couple of weeks, so I expect him to keep getting opportunities. Um, I actually kind of value those two more, Madison and him, at least for like the short term, um, over having Son just for the price. Because I think there's other guys that have Liverpool players. Like you said, TA might be an option. Um, he didn't really do much going forward this week, which worries me. Um, but yeah, they're expensive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess regarding Richarlison, right? I've, when Johnson's fit after interna- the international break, I think he's fit straight away, but it might be another week or so after that. But we saw Brennan Johnson start the North London derby, which probably suggests that Ange maybe trusts him over Richarlison right now. Um, so I guess, I guess, long term, that makes Richarlison a lot less nailed. Uh, that he's not quite fully trusted in in big big games by. The manager, so I guess that's kind of concerning for you because obviously you're the owner of him in FPL, but other people who want to bring him in as well. Um, but yeah, I guess outside of that, that you know you, you're getting the nailedness from from Madison. So I think yeah, he's probably oh you know what maybe Kuzevsky is actually the better option right now. Uh, he's actually he's probably been going under the radar a lot because. He's been playing 90 minutes every single game, which Madison hasn't been doing as well. Madison gets up sub to 80 quite a lot, whereas Kulusevski plays every single minute. And you know what? When when it is those late stages of the game, it's I actually noticed that the ball gets pinged out to him and he's really trusted it to break down defences in those last few minutes. So yeah, while his numbers aren't as good as Madison or Son, he's the guaranteed 90-plus minute player and... He's still always going to pick up loads of goals and assists. It's just he's you know it's less going to be less so than Madison and Son, but I think better than Richarlison. Yeah, I, I I looked at him actually last week before. Uh, he's more expensive than Richarlison because Richarlison had that huge bump in, drop in price um, from the start of the season. But his his numbers aren't impressive. But yeah, he he, he is kind of instrumental to that team. Um, he does play the unsexy role I'd kind of say in the Ange setup where he's really really wide um, at least for FPL terms and he's just kind of like taking people on and making tons of crosses into the box and maybe getting a shot on every now and then but they're usually you know he doesn't make his bombing runs into the box as often as someone like Richardson would on the left mm-hmm. yeah no I definitely agree that if if you know both of them are starting then Richardson is the guy but I think if you're looking long term if you're on a wild card and you want to get uh, you know, maybe three Spurs midfielders, then I think Kuzevsky over Richarlison, um, just because Richarlison's not nailed long-term. I think Brennan Johnson's actually more preferred on that on that side. But yeah. Um, yeah, I guess elsewhere, let's talk about let's talk about a Chelsea team in, in absolute improvement right now. And unfortunately on our last pod, which we didn't get to release, Pierce was very, very much hyping up Cole Palmer, who... Ended up having a great game. Yeah. I mean, what can I say? I'm Mr. Hindsight over here, you know. I'm just getting them left, right, and center. Had the Ollie Watkins pick, you know. Cole Palmer was next on the batting list, and he he banged. Thomas and I were at Legends for the uh, 10 a.m. kick, and it was absolutely class to watch my man absolutely pop off. But, yeah, he's, what, 4.9? I assume no one's going to bring him in because Chelsea's fixture runs until, I think, it's 16 or 15. 
are pretty poor, face like pretty much all the teams in the top six. But we've been playing well, and we're only a couple points off uh, the shining stars of the league in Newcastle. So I mean, we could surprise a lot of play a lot of teams and stuff like that. But yeah, Cole Palmer for four point nine, and he's involved and he's instrumental in every single bit of Chelsea's attack. I think he's someone to have in your team, if you're going to wild card at that price, I think he is utterly perfect and he's on penalties from what it looks like. So yeah, I think he's, he's, he's someone to definitely keep on the radar, but also if you're doing a wild card and you can afford him, put him in that team. Cause he is well worth every single penny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think so. If you've got for a fifth midfielder, he's a very, very good option. Like realistically, yeah, you guys do have really tough fixtures. There's no doubting that, but he's playing as a number 10. He's on penalties. And at the end of the day, Chelsea is still a top half you know, table team at worst. So, you know, you're gonna be playing you're gonna be playing a four point nine attacking player who is on penalties. And if you have to play him, that's fine because you know Chelsea should are good for a goal, you know, or they'll at least create chances and you never know it could be him. Um, yeah. so I think yeah, for a fifth midfielder option he's he's four point nine, you know, I, I don't think you'll find any better value player in the game if he continues to keep that spot, which in the form that he's in, there's absolutely no reason he isn't. But, you know, on regards to Pens, do you think there's a chance that when James is back fit that he takes Pens off him? Yeah, I don't think Reese James would take him personally. I think it would. I think he's probably going to give it to Cole Palmer or Enzo from what it looks like. But also, at the same time, I don't know if he wants to give it to Sterling or maybe Jackson. It's still very iffy, uh, I don't know, title to give someone that someone's nailed for Pens. But... If he is in the future, is like our guys taking pens at four point nine. I think he is just an absolute steal. And he, I was just looking before we started the pod. He fits perfectly into my team. With uh, I've got one point two mil in the bank, so I think he might be someone I could bring in just to have off the bench if someone has a bad fixture. If one of my defenders I don't feel too confident in or they're iffy, he he might just slot into my team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think when you have someone like that, you can easily just throw him in. Uh throw him in randomly for games if you don't like your defender. Just because, yeah, you, you, you can't ever write, write off Chelsea for a goal completely yeah. unless it's like Arsenal away or City away. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's good. And yeah, I also think he's not, he's on, I think he's not, obviously not nailed on pens, that's hard to say, but I think he should be, even when James is back, he should still be number one choice. Like you can't really yeah, take someone off, you can't really take someone off penalties until they miss. So he should should still be good to keep on pen, so that's good for good for keeping of good for bringing him in into your team if that's uh if that's an option. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, for, if I'm on the wild card this week, Cole Palmer is a huge enabler um for a three four three. Um, so I do you think he said you were talking about it just now, but he, who would be his competition for pens? Enzo or I don't think Reese would take them personally. Uh, I think it's probably between him, Enzo, and then either what Sterling and Jackson or Broha, whoever's playing striker. But it's probably just going to go to Palmer since I think he's shown that he's instrumental to the team. Scored one at the weekend, um, and he's in fine form. So I don't think there's a reason to take him off it. So yeah, for right now, I think he's our main man. Yeah, he's also got like relatively bad fixtures, so you can kind of bench him and. Exactly. He's like that flexible option that if you, it's almost like a luxury to have him in your team at this point because you know that he's worth basically nothing for the for the goals or the points that he can bring you, and he also allows you to switch out players that are having like a knock or a niggle, and you don't want to waste a transfer, so you can just put him in there and like kind of hope for the best in a way. Um, and that's more of I guess the conservative routes to play in FPL versus like 
taking a hit and going for someone that you are more convinced is going to absolutely bang. But I like to play it a little bit more conservatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, weirdly, I, I, we haven't talked about this guy in probably two years on this pod because he he was a really good FPL option and then kind of fell off the map. But Susex had some pretty decent numbers in the last couple of years. I mean, in the last couple of game weeks. Um, 0.25, 0. 0.47, 0. 0.86, 0. 0.93 XGI um, for each game. And he's, I guess, starting now. Um, is that injury thing or was he injured before? Because he kind of stopped playing before. Um, and he had decent numbers in the first Bournemouth game as well and got a return. He's had two goals and one assist so far this year. Um, so he's kind of interesting. At 4.9, he's also someone like Palmer who's on your bench. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, he's again, yeah, at 4.9 mil, that is a pretty decent price for someone like him. And I think, I mean, I think he he's just a kind of a cheaper Ward Prowse, I guess, because I would say someone like Suchek is is someone that you just want to, he's fixture-proof, in all honesty, because he's a heading merchant. Like, he's honestly one of the best headers of the ball in world football. Um, so basically, when you've got Ward Prowse, he can score against anyone. So when he's got Ward Prowse crossing into him, he can score against anyone. And yeah, like, yeah, I'm looking at his numbers now and they are really, really good. So I feel like, unfortunately, I feel like a difference between him and, actually maybe similar with him and Cole Palmer is that they almost have like points on the bench written all over them because they're going to score a goal against City away or, you know, Liverpool away, those sort of games where you're not going to play him. And potentially against easier teams who are better set up for set pieces, they're, yeah, he's not going to get the same points. But yeah, for sure, I think he's an interesting one, but falls into like a weird, weird middle ground of like, he's kind of hard to get into your team. Yeah, he's not like a, like an Andreas of last season, where he was yeah, not exactly. cheap and was super involved in gaining points left, right and centre. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because exactly, if it was 4.5, then boom, for sure, he's going right in my tier. Right in that But at 5, you're paying 0.5 more for a guy who is uh, kind of difficult to fit into your starting 11 because he's he's not necessarily an attacker. But he has been playing as a number 10 in the last couple of games. So he has been playing really high up. And obviously, David Moyes loves that kind of character where you're, you know, that Fellaini role is weak, as we can say quite easily, where you're just a huge, you know, attacking physical threat from midfield and that's a very sort of David Moyes-esque uh, role that he's sort of built for. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Pierce, would you, for budget options, just real quick, because I guess people don't really want to listen to this that much, but Chukwemeka, jeez, I don't know, I can't say that all that, but uh, will he be kind of coming back into the lineup because he was playing for uh, he was playing a lot before we signed Cole Palmer. So, yeah, I would say he would have been great. But I guess if you just want to save some coin, yeah, you just take him in because he's the cheapest midfield option. But I don't know. He's still coming back to full fitness. Uh, this Chelsea team should hopefully be shaping up after the international break. Like, Reese will be back. Carney's definitely back. Chalaba's slowly making his way back. And same with Badia Shield. But, like, those like Fafana and Lavia, who we've just – he just can't play. So, yeah, I don't think Chukwamenka is, is going to be – in the starting side, but he'll be on the bench and he probably will feature, but he's just, he's kind of like a coin saver. It's like, he just bring him in. Hopefully he gets featured off the bench somewhere and maybe replaces someone that you didn't think was going to play. But yeah, I don't think he's 
Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got Triple Mecca on my bench, and yeah, I think that's kind of what I had in mind. He's one point off the bench because he'll get you know 10, 15 minutes sort of off the bench, and especially now that Cole Palmer's absolutely been brilliant. You know, there's no reason why Triple Mecca would come and start after the international break when he like there's no way he can get into the team ahead of him right now. So yeah, I think if I mean, you know what, for four point was it four point three mil, one point off the bench is kind of exactly what you want. So. Um, I'm happy with that right now, but obviously for for very very cheap bench options, is you're just looking down the bottom of the league, aren't you? But a wild card, if you want to afford Trippier, Salah, Son, Haaland, you're gonna have to bring in these absolute cheap guys just to sort of fill your squad. Because um, yeah, I think when you're looking at the, the cheap defenders as well, there's like the Luton defenders, there's Burnley defenders it's pretty thin and you're just hoping that they don't go on the pitch for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is kind of changed topic, but um, on formations, do you guys have preference at the moment? Because I think there is quite a bit of debate between forwards and midfielders for first, but I think there's also an argument for four at the back these days with kind of the budget options you need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, when it comes to formations, I guess you're looking mostly at, you know, when, you, when you're looking at your forward line, especially, I think it, it comes down to, do I have to have Alvarez and Watkins? And if you think, no, I can miss one of them, then maybe you can put that money into midfield. If you have to have that front three, then you're probably looking at a, a 3-5-2 or 4-3 or 4-5-2. No, four, what am I saying? 4-4-2. Um, sorry, four, four, three, three, or yeah, just with three strikers. So <laughs> Tom's coming out with the uh, Tom Bowley formations here. Yeah, um, I'm, probably, I'm trying to get twelve, get twelve players out there, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the twelfth man, which is always useless when it comes to Celtic. But yeah, uh, <laughs> off topic, but. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we can talk about whether you think the money is better invested into your forwards or your midfield. What do you think? Who do you like? That, I guess you're talking about that middling price point. So, I guess with the mid-price midfielders versus mid-price forward, who do you sort of like more? Uh, you mean versus, like, Diaby Watkins and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm struggling with that because that's, like, half of why I would wildcard. Um if I'm honest, I really do like Watkins, but there's something that just makes me not want to go there. The fixtures are unbelievable, and it's it, it seems almost stupid and illogical not to. Um, he had a lot of chances on the weekend, and he was really active, uh, especially near the end. Villa weren't very good against Wolves, but near the end, where after the red card, um, they arguably should have got the winner, um, and Watkins was quite involved. So I and this is going to be an easy run of fixtures, and we've seen like Luton, Sheffield, uh, Bournemouth. Um, who else is at the bottom there? Burnley. Those are such easy teams to target. Um, it, it seems almost stupid to kind of go against it. Uh, so if I wildcarded, I think it's possible Julian Alvarez might go. Um, I think it's possible he starts getting benched a little. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's been playing a lot of games and he got taken off first in the weekend. So I don't know. Yeah, I was very surprised. Very surprised he was up that early. I was actually... Um... Considering he's 
I actually think he's been City's best player this season. He got hooked first, uh, which, yeah, I was very surprised by, you know, given that Foden was on. I thought he would definitely be first to get hooked. But, yeah, it was Alvarez. But, I mean, I guess considering forwards, would you go down the Isaac or Wilson route? Um, I mean, is Wilson back? Yeah, Wilson's back. I, I wouldn't really touch Isaac, yeah, but I do love 50, him. 50. I do love Isaac as an option. If Isaac was to play left wing when Wilson does play up top, I would 100% go down the Isaac route, but I don't think that's the case with Gordon and all them um, occupying the spot. So I think it's just tough. I think you're in for a bit of pain if you wanted to own Isaac. Um, he's more of a short-term pick. So maybe like the fixtures aren't like crazy. Are they crazy good right for the next? Wars and Palace aren't that easy. Um, maybe later over the over you know a space they play Fulham, Luton, and Forest. Maybe that's a better one. Um, but I, I just think he's a short-term pick at times. He's not going to be... You can't rely on a long-term rule. Yeah. I mean, I guess as well, if you're not going to do Isaac Wilson, would you go down, down like the mid or the cheap forwards? Where, like It would be like a Morris, Solanke, Awaniwi. Um, would you go down any of those guys? Yeah, so or I'm actually... You... Uh, I'll, I'll move on to it in a second, but I, I want to talk about Hodgland because... I, I think he would be one of my picks on the wild card. Um, and I, I don't know. United are kind of in shambles, and I don't think it's entirely a smart idea to invest in their assets. But if you have one of maybe him, um, or if you have Dallow in defense, I think that's decent coverage. And, and maybe they, their form kind of turns up soon. Um, but Hodgson seems to be 90 minute man. Ten out trust him. I expect some goals soon. We've seen some decent play from him in, in the Champions League. We've seen he's playing every week in the Prem. Um, he put up decent numbers last week against Palace. I, I'm kind of tempted to go for it. it it's yeah. A good, it's a good fixture run. Sheffield, City at home, Fulham away, Luton at home, Everton away. No, for sure. I think, I mean, I think I was, I was speaking a lot about Ho- Hoyland on the last, the last pod. And I, yeah, I heard a, Doogie Critchley comparison, which I thought was really good, which he basically said he kind of looks like a very young Gareth Bale where he, he's physical, he can absolutely burn you for pace, like all of these qualities that you'd absolutely be desperate for in a striker. I think that Galatasaray game, if you're a United fan, you would be absolutely adoring this guy now because he's just so young, he's got so much potential. But as an FPL asset like this season, like is he going to be someone that can score 15 Premier League goals. Maybe maybe not this year is the year for that. And yeah, maybe if you catch him at the right time, you can score a couple of goals. And he should be good for 90 minutes right now, um, especially while, you know, they're pretty dire straights form-wise. And they do have good... Uh, yeah, so they have good fixtures. So yeah, I, and he's a lot cheaper than Bruno and um, Rashford. But I guess he's also not on penalties as well. So you're losing that avenue of points, which... With other forwards, you do get. Um, so yeah, I guess on a wild card, he's good. But you you said you already have Bruno. You got Rashford. No, I so. don't. I I have Rashford, but um, if I was to do the wild card, I think him and Dallow would be good options. But the logic in yeah. United will probably get more clean sheets and they'll get goals, uh, or like, or that guys like Hodgson will get goals, um, in the next couple of weeks just because nothing's really ticking and. They're playing easy teams, so I kind of expect them to keep a clean sheet or two. Um, but they could probably hold things down at the back. I just it, it's the attack which is really um, disjointed at the moment. Uh, yeah. So maybe Hodgson, you know, form wise, is probably not a love argument. Um, 
but I think it's an exciting pick with good fixtures. He's 90-minute man for sure, um, which I've been surprised about. I thought he'd be kind of like pushed in slowly. Even when Martial came on on the weekend, uh, it wasn't for Hodgland. Rashford actually got taken off, um, which tells me a lot about him as an asset. Um, so I'm tempted. I'm definitely tempted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you mentioned Dallow as well, and I think Dallow actually had a really, really good game numbers wise. Um, so he got he got zero point five xGI. So I think that's very, very promising. And while he's at right back, he is a really good attacking asset. It's just unfortunately they do have this issue with left backs. So I think going forward, there's potential that he could be moved to the left, and when he plays on the left, his numbers drop significantly. So I think for me. I'm going to give him Sheffield United, and if it looks like he's going to be playing down the left a lot longer, then he might have to go for me, just because uh, United's clean sheets aren't looking great. They've obviously got issues with the defence, major defence issues, uh, like Martinez is injured. Um, I don't know, though. I, I, I kind of think the opposite. I think they, they'll figure things out. Like, when, when teams are forming the attack, especially a good team, they, they kind of play a lot more compact and constructed like against Palace that's basically what all I watched when they played mm-hmm. they, did, they just kind of weren't as expansive as they usually would have been last season if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, but yeah I, I, I don't know I, I'm kind of expecting maybe this 2-1 win is like a huge boost morale wise and it does something um, even Maguire is kind of coming back into the fold um, Maybe, maybe it's just a time to take a chance. I, I really don't know how to read Manu at the moment, if I'm honest, because last season they were good at times. Um, and I do think Tenant's a solid manager. Um, but there's obviously tons of issues. Maybe the Sancho stuff is like tough in the dressing, dressing room. I've, we have no clue. Um, but something's, something's weird, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, that kind of stuff just definitely doesn't help things behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, yeah, as I said, yeah, Dallo. Great attacking numbers if if you if United defense is the route to go down because they do have really good fixtures and yeah as you said when teams sort of go through these spells of form it's always the defense they try and pick up first and then hope the attack comes later so yeah with Sheffield United away Fulham away Luton at home Everton away that's three possible possibly two fit, uh, clean sheets there if they really really sort it out yeah. and. Did we lose the first set? Yeah, we just lost. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, I think he's a he's a. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he's he's got Everton at home, Forest at home, Luton away, Brentford at home, and Fulham at home. Sheffield United, whatever. It's just a really, really good run of fixtures, and you know, with Trent, I, his attacking potential is so high. Liverpool seem to, I think against weaker teams, the defence does look okay where they should be able to get a clean sheet um, against these sort of very weak teams. So I just think, yeah, he's going he's gonna to do a Trippier-esque thing where Trippier, you know, as we saw against Sheffield United, absolutely exploded and he's been picking up serious points since 18, 12 and 6. And I think Trent can go on a very similar run. I'm just trying oh, so to you're, find you're, a way. You're saying that Trent Sorry, sorry. You're saying Trent does better during more, uh, easier games because you he gets a license to go forward, kind of thing. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like as you said against Bryson, he wasn't that attacking, but he's up against Matoma, who's 
you know, one of the best wingers in the league. And, and I'm sure Klopp made sure that he was sticking back to help his defence on marking him. But against weaker teams who don't have a player of that quality, he's given way more licence to go forward. And I mean, as well, you know, definitely this season, they do have more legs in midfield, which can cover him. So when they do do play weaker teams, guys like uh, McAllister can sort of, you know, run and get into that space where he sort of should be. And yeah, do some more of the defensive leg work for him. Yeah, that's, that definitely seems fair. Um, it's hard to justify him, but if yeah, on a wild card, definitely do. Um, it's funny how like at the start of the season we were acting like we didn't need any money, um, and now that Salah's back in the fold with guys like Son, it's just ridiculous. Like it's kind of you're squeezing people, which I really don't like to do in FPL. Um, like I'm looking at a four-three-three formation. I just don't think that's right. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely a interesting week coming up. Yeah, no, exactly. So I think when I'm looking at my team right now, the only way I can source funds to get in Trent would be to get rid of one of Madison and Son, which is why I was talking yeah. about getting rid of them quite a lot earlier, just because they are sort of my cash cows right now to sort of downgrade to bring in Trent later. So I think I'm definitely going to keep an eye on Spurs over the next couple of games and see how Madison and Son look, because, yeah, I think that's, that's going to be one way I, I have to try and fund Trent. Yeah, yeah. I probably uh, say your best with getting rid of Son, Tom. Just with the the value there for yeah. for Trent. Yeah. Now that now that you now that you portray the question like that, I think that's the better switch than Madison. Yeah, exactly. Also, so, that's, yeah. that's also pending everything international break wise and all that. So. I mean, yeah, exactly. And as I said with Son, when he's a 60, 70 minute guy, maybe his whole complete whole potential is is gone because it's like. It's one thing to get a hat-trick in a game, and then it's another thing to get a hat-trick in 70 minutes. Um, so, yeah, obviously he does have more potential than Son to absolutely... Ex- then, sorry, Madison to ex- absolutely explode. But I don't know how many more times I can, I can captain a Spurs player this season just because I've captained a Spurs player twice already this season. But I don't think there's any other games this year where it coincides with a bad Man City fixture. So... Yeah, I think when when you get when you lose their captaincy value, who I'm probably not going to captain Son anymore, then yeah, I feel like Son is the guy to get rid of. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, who um, who are your other guys in your team who you guys are looking to sort of get rid? Because yeah, Thomas, you've got Rashford. Is if you don't wild card, is he remaining? Because what what are you doing with Man City? It's like Man United guys. Um, I I would like to get rid of Rashford, but obviously this is a decent week. Um, actually, I expect the reunited assets to kind of tick along quite nicely over the next five weeks, and not many of us to earn them. Um, so I don't mind Rashford this week if I don't wildcard. Um, I actually have a decent non what like if I was to stick to my team this week, I'd make one change. Um, but it just means if I don't do my wildcard, I can't get to sell for a while unless I just minus four this week and minus four next week. Um, so yeah, I, I United guys, I, I'm not really sure about, but. My team's in, in shambles. There's just so much that's going on. I rash was barely someone I'm thinking about getting out, which says a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm probably, I'm yeah, probably I mean, on your train, Thomas, between doing Alvarez to uh, Hajland, just because Alvarez's expected men's go down. And Hajland looks fucking class anyways. But, yeah. Watkins yeah, I mean, that is an interesting interesting question about Alvarez because I haven't I haven't really been fully like seriously looking to get rid of him 
But no, you guys are right for sure. Like Champions League, um, you know, obviously the league, he's he's not going to have 90 minutes guaranteed like he was before. And especially, you know, this game as well. Next game, he's going to be playing Argentina games, you know, two games away in South America where, you know, maybe there's a question mark whether he comes back and starts straight away against Brighton. So if that's the case, then yeah, he's kind of a difficult one to to have in your team. Especially for me, I've got no bench. So if he doesn't start against Bryson at home, I'm I'm in trouble. So that's definitely going to be some something I have to look at over the international break to try and fix that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think he's somebody can keep um, at the price point um, and just just like hope he ticks along because he will play. He's definitely that starting eleven. I would I, I would say, um, but. He's going to be sacrificed at times for his fitness in the UCL and other kind of other fixtures. So they generally don't have that much depth as well. I mean, Man City, sorry. But I think the thing is as well is he's still seven mil, and seven mil for a starting or somewhat starting City striker is so cheap that if I sell him for a couple of weeks and and then it looks like he's coming back into the team and starting, I'm happy to lose point three on him because it's still seven mil. He's still so cheap um, that that's, you know, that's a price that I'm willing to, to sort of sacrifice some value just because it's really not that much. Um, he's, you know, seven mil is nothing for what he brings. So I could be kind of happy to maybe go for a two week punt elsewhere and potentially look down that route for, for finding, finding some gains. Yeah. It's it's yeah that's that's quite a dilemma. But I'll, I'm honestly I'm not going to think much bad about that until international break because you never know. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, that's definitely true. That is a toughie. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I guess to go back to my boy, I'm I'm definitely going to bring in Cole Palmer at least one point in the next week or two to fill in my Anthony Knockhart red spot that he's just been filling in since the start. <laughs> <of the season>. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's going to be making way. And he's one of them. But yeah, I, I don't mind the Ollie Watkins pick. As I've been just, I've been loving him and then the Newcastle forwards, but I just, I don't know. I've got Gordon as well, so it's just, it's a little bit of a dilemma of how how I operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, for sure. I definitely didn't even look at Alvarez until now that because I mean I'm looking at my team for this week and it's if there's no injuries, um, also no so-called injuries, it's a really good starting eleven. Like everyone's at home pretty much against weaker teams. But if there's concerns around Alvarez, then yeah, maybe there's something interesting that I can do there. But obviously, it's quite cheap. And I just don't know how many of those cheaper strikers are that good right now. Because when you look around, it's like Morris, Edward, uh, Wisser, Ferguson. You know, there's there's just a lot of, are they that good or are their rotation risks? So it's kind of kind of tough to make that move as well. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, is who who are the budget options at this point? Because Tom, you still Diaby, no? Or do you Yeah, not? Diaby. Um Yeah, I mean I, I, I do like Diaby a lot, but this week wasn't a great week for him. I don't think it was a good week for Villa generally in that first sixty minutes and he came off. Um uh, but I think he can still be trusted over the next these nice fixtures, no? Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. It's he did. I think he was definitely playing with an injury. He only got sixty-one minutes, and he just he just wasn't very involved. Got hooked early. Um, so yeah, I just don't think I don't think it was a great game for him. But you know what? Going forward, he's got three home games in the next four against 
weaker sides and you know out you know he's he's a very very good option to have you know there's a reason why people on wild cards are pretty much flocking to him and yeah i think that's why villa triple villa is also an option as well uh just brilliant fixtures and they're a team looking really really strong right now so yeah i mean and also just if you want to do another villa player because you know there's no reason you can't is outside of him there's just not a lot outside of the big three right you got cash drb and watkins if you weren't to do those three who were the other villa guys that you would do um yeah uh, i'm not even sure yeah, exactly. So it's like the other options just aren't that good. But when their team yeah. is so good and their fixtures are so good, there's kind of a reason why people flock to those guys. Yeah, I, I think they also, like Diaby, when you're talking about budget picks just generally, they're kind of needed. <laughs> I, I, I'm forced into going to things like no walk-ins. I think it's people are going to be, really, everyone's going to be on Twitter in the next three, four weeks and be like, why didn't we get Watkins in? It's just because we can't afford him. Mm-hmm. Eight mils a lot for a striker these days. Yeah, it is. It is. No, it's definitely a good point. Um, yeah, I think maybe that's one thing I do. Is maybe I do Alvarez to to Watkins and try to f- maybe potentially downgrade Son because, as I was saying, Son has his injury issues, and if I see that he starts twice for Korea, I might be a little bit concerned for him heading into the Premier League. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on Son over this international break. Does Neto anyone like that pop into your heads, or even at this point, like Matoma's fixtures are about a swing? Um, Brighton's just generally are about a swing, um, and their attack can definitely be uh targeted again. Like, even Solly March is, is, is still ticking along, he's back from injury, yeah, yeah. But I think Solly March started at left back against uh Liverpool, so. I guess while the stupid hands out, you, you don't want to pay that kind of money for someone at left back. So uh, he's probably in a void for now. And then, yeah, obviously Brighton plays City away next, which is a pretty grim fixture. So I, I guess that's one for next week to look at. But yeah, from next week, Matoma is definitely a very, very good option. And and then outside of that, you know, you're, you're kind of playing the rotation game because everyone else is sort of at risk. You know, you've got Ferguson, Pedro... Both of them are really, really fun picks, but just not nailed. Just tough to tough to do it. Yeah, um, I think I'm gonna have to. I, Brighton just offers so much value um, that mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna definitely target. Um, maybe after this uh, City game, honestly, I might do Matoma before the City game because I think he's somewhat. I think Brighton somewhat fixture proof for goals. Um, City aren't looking too great, even though they do get Rodri back, don't they? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Rodri back. That 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 changes up things. I have Matoma, and I'm actually on the fence with keeping and holding. But after the city game, the the run is nice. It's just it's hit or miss at this point. I think. I think you can also wait till game week twelve if you really yeah. want. Fulham and Everton, like there's a good fixtures for them, but um, probably not as easy as Sheffield, Luton, or anyone like that. Yeah, it's not the ones that like we've talked about before. Where you're trying to target those like those rele- relegation like teams where you can just know that you're guaranteed a return on some of these players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you, if you really needed to do a cheap midfielder this week, then Pedro Neto is a good shout just because yeah. he's been pretty electric to be honest since, since the beginning of the season. And yeah, he's that guy for Wolves. He's, he, he's, you know, when you watch them, he's literally doing 
everything in their attack. He breaks the lines and, uh, you know, there's a reason why Huang Hichan is second in the scoring charts because uh, he's just providing just absolutely ridiculous numbers in terms of uh, chances for the other for the other players. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Huang, I think uh, Neto has been really, really good. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, we go back to Cole Palmer and, yeah, I think, honestly, he's, he's a very, very good option. Even though he's got a tough run of fixtures, I think Chelsea have possibly turned a corner uh and you know that Chelsea's numbers are still really really good they struggled with scoring goals but down one end they were conceding more than they should have done the other end and I think now that they've got a couple wins down their belt you know there's they can go in they can go and get some upsets against some decent teams so I think I think he's a fun way to to do that yeah I think so I think if you watch the game on Saturday, it was more once the own goal went in against Burnley, then everyone was just like, oh, wow. All right, we were back in this, and then they turned the switch. So it's just, it takes one goal for us to really get, like, I don't know, our strength back and our confidence to really go at, go at teams. Because before that, we looked really lackluster and kind of all over the place in a way. But yeah, I don't I, I don't know who else we would have as, as budget for. I guess, but Dom Solanke is the only one, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it used to be against one of these rubbish bottom end teams, and suddenly yeah. they can go and do well because you know Arsenal at home, especially like a bit of a London derby there next, and you just know that Chelsea won't won't want to give anything to Arsenal and give. Yeah, them absolutely not. Free. I think that's going to be an absolutely cracker of a match as well. I mean, that's yeah. what that's that's after the break, anyways. But still, yeah. um, I, I think... what I understand is that Caicedo and Enzo have two really tough international games in South America, and I think they both play on the 19th i want to say okay and the game's on the 21st Ooh, okay okay so, so okay. that's a really it's tough turnaround tough. but yeah i still think we're gonna we're still gonna put up a fight no matter what which would bring into the fold as we spoke about before chukovanka who could feature in that game hmm. does um okay, okay. does jesus or martinelli get into your teams martinelli is an interesting shout to be fair like um i don't think jesus necessarily I don't know if I don't know if there's enough forward spots for someone like him, just because I think there's other good forwards available. Like, like I think I'd just rather pay the money for Watkins, but I think for Martinelli, he's going to be straight back into the team. And what's his price? Has he gone down in price? He's now seven point seven. Seven point seven, exactly. So, so uh, wow, seven point seven. So you're getting almost a mil on Saka now, and. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in that, to be honest. And especially as Saka keeps giving away his penalties, you never know. Maybe Martinelli's a nailed penalty taker. For this, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've actually been quite anti-Martinelli just because I don't... I think Trossard's really good, so he's the direct replacement. It makes it so easy to sub him. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it does look nice. I think Saka's going to be back after the international break and fine. Um, but he's obviously got a niggling injury so it's hard to make make of that what you will i guess i think what i would predict is he'll be he'll play chelsea um saka always plays if saka's fit i'm sure i think he'll probably be around for chelsea and then and then sheffield united i guess i guess they may be benching him for that so yeah i think martinelli you probably have two starts there jesus as well so yeah maybe jesus is a better option than uh, giving him credit for um, but yeah, he does play on the wing, though. To be fair, and it's probably better forward, like you said. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. He's a forward as well. That's not on pens. I think that's always 
kind of frustrating. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually... I'm actually very pro Matoma right now, <laughs> looking yeah. at the wild card. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, if you're on wild card, obviously it's easier just to have him there, and then it's done because you don't want to have any tra- transfers booked in. But if you're not on wild card, I think it's probably a save for one more week, just because Man City do have Rodri back, and I just don't think their defense is. It, I mean, their defense is just so much better when Rodri's in there. Not even just the defense, the whole sort of coherence of their team um, generally kind of falls apart when he's not there. So. Yeah, now that he's back, those sort of issues should be gone. Yeah, that's entirely fair. Um, any captaincy picks for the week? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of options if you want to go for it. But it's, as I said, with Rodri back against a really awful Brighton defensive side, it's yeah, like you can go against you can go against Haaland. He's had a few blanks, but I wouldn't recommend it. I think he, I think this could be one where he absolutely hauls. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go for Haaland as well. I mean, I've done everything, <laughs> I, I'm a fraud, I'm, I'm a fraud. I've done Holland we do this every week. You guys are the ones that bring up whether there's any other captains, yeah. Picks, but you, <laughs> Harland every week. I've at least tried and I've gone against him twice. So. Yeah, Tom's at least the only one in the group that has cojones to go away from and actually done well, to be fair. Well, I've sort of equaled out. One time I lost four points, the other time I gained four points. So if even Oh, out, that's fair. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'd like to go against them soon, but I need to see some uh Yeah, I'd love to do Madison work. against Fulham. That when I when that. I see a Salah fixture that is is pure and very, very good, I'm gonna do it again. But you mean Salah against <laughs> well, Everton. Sorry, not again for the first time. Salah against Everton is what you're saying then. No, I'm I'm holding on this now. Week. I'm holding on. That's Actually, the only thing that Makes me not want a wild card, but um, I still want. I still think it's probably worth getting him, and he's going to get a pen or something like that. I mean, or yeah. If you're looking ahead to the fixtures, I would say Brighton at home, yes. Man United away, yes. Bournemouth at home, yes. And then Chelsea away is obviously form dependent. I would say you can move away from him. Liverpool at home, you can possibly move away from him, just because we know. I know Liverpool defense hasn't been good, but Liverpool always show up against City, so. Yeah, I think maybe game week twelve and game week thirteen are two games to possibly look out for for the um for other captaincy options. Yeah, that's fair. Um, there's definitely some patchy stuff for for City coming up, um, and we've honestly seen in the last couple of games out of Rodri they really struggle. So we'll see if they're back to their best with Rodri. Um, I expect they will be. Um, but they, they I, I don't know what they were missing versus Arsenal, but I think it was more of a presence in in the box kind of thing. Like Rodri actually gets forward um and kind of provides more uh chaos where Haaland is. Uh it seemed very lonesome in that game against Arsenal. Like Alvarez didn't have enough to, to open up Haaland. Yeah, but, I think kind of what, what ended up happening was I think realistically, I think it was just a game that both teams didn't want to lose and it kind of ended up that both teams never really stretched themselves to really push and score a goal. And yeah, Arsenal got the break in the end and probably deservedly so. But yeah, I think with City, they were playing sort of uh, Kovacic in that number six. He's not exactly the guy. He's not someone who who really drops into the fence, picks up the ball and turns. He's kind of better in that number eight role, role where he's got a bit more space going forward to sort of drive into. So I think as with both both teams, you know, you have Saka out, De Bruyne out, and um, who's the other one out? And, and 
yeah, I mean, all of these guys out here are so important to the creativity of their sides. Plus, it was a game that neither side wanted to win, wanted to lose. So it just ended up being just a bit of a defensive sort of game where neither team really stretched themselves. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, hopefully, we. I, I'm praying because I have triple city, and I thought that was going to be a huge differential for me this week. Um, but hopefully, that means hopefully this week against Brighton, they can they can show. Like Brighton have been quite weak at the back and pretty open. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anything else that we need to talk about? Um, no, I think we've covered a good amount. And then what we can do is we can uh, get another pod going after the international break and sort of go over what we've learned. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> should, we, should we toss in a, a hot takes pod? Oh, actually, the, that's a good idea. International break. We idea. haven't done one in a while. And I think. I think we should bring that one back into the fold. Yeah, that's a good idea. I still, I'm still writing. This is this is funny because every time I have like a, a random hot take that comes into my head, I go on my on my notes and I write it down straight away. So I've got like a, <laughs> a massive stack of notes of just my hot takes that I have. That's brilliant. I'm gonna start doing that as well, Tom. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's just random. I'll just be like, uh, sit like whatever, just on my laptop or just like walking. Like today, I was just on a walk and I randomly just thought of like a footballing take. I'm, like, I'm, writing, I'm writing that down just for whenever we get round to our next hot takes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 90s football is Tom, Tom Lipton's uh, ancient Rome. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> nah, I'm keen. Let's do, uh, let's do a hot takes. Yeah, nice. lovely. All right, 